0: Hey, we're just about to jump into the episode, but before we do, did you know we have a junior-friendly Discord community? It's completely free to join. If you want to join us, the link is in the description. We'd love to have you. All right, enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another podcast episode where we help aspiring developers get jobs and junior developers grow. Today, we are going to be talking about veterans getting into software engineering and in tech in general. So Sean actually reached out to me Um Talked a little bit about his story of becoming a software engineer and, you know, attempting to transition into civilian life. Um, I think he has an interesting story, so we're going to go ahead and share that and hopefully share some advice for any other veterans that want to break into software engineering, coding, or just tech
1: in general. So, uh, Sean, welcome. How are you doing? Doing well, thank you. Um, thanks for having me again, and uh, really excited to be here. Um, just as a basic intro, um, I'm Sean. I'm a full-stack developer at a startup based in the East Coast. And I'm also a U.S. Army veteran. I served for eight years. And yeah, I thought uh, Don's platform would be the perfect place to talk about um, becoming a software engineer or getting into tech, because the first thing that intrigued me, as I mentioned before, to Don was that on his YouTube banner, it says no BS <laughs> advice. And I feel like that's something that I needed. Um, and that's i think that's something that will you know go well with a lot of veterans out there i hope so um we've definitely
0: invited some other veterans on that have gone to coding boot camp graduates and it feels like many are very honest and upfront candid so i get to have really uh, i like those kind of conversations but um yeah let's just dive into things so you know you had a whole journey of uh getting out of the military and you know, finding your way and becoming a software engineer. Can you share that with us? What was your journey like?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, I began my army career in 2011, um, and my contract was until 2019. Um, but the majority of my contract was actually in the reserves. So, I had the opportunity to, um, you know, be a civilian um, by day and then kind of part-time military, and. Uh, when I first came back from my active training, I had a very like difficult time deciding what I wanted to do, especially um, when I I tried going to university and uh, I found that I didn't feel purpose in a lot of the classes that I was taking. Um, and I, I feel like that's um, very relatable to a lot of errands. I've heard this from a lot of my friends in the military um, and it definitely applied to me. So... Uh, from there, I just decided to start my career and start working somewhere. Um, and I naturally used my credentials from the military to the private sector. In the army, I was a human intelligence collector. I worked um, in the intelligence community and in the private sector. I started working as a private investigator. And from there, I began doing a uh, financial type due diligence investigations. And um, eventually what made me get or start exploring tech was funny enough, the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I know it was very, it was a tough time for a lot of people across the world, but, um, the silver lining for me anyway, in that was, I really began to evaluate like what I wanted to do with my career, um, as I began working from home. Um, and thankfully I had a lot of friends in the tech industry already that were already software engineers so i had that advantage and they kind of put me on the right path to check out development um, with free resources online like free code camp or code academy just to test the waters and after doing that for a couple months i actually really loved it and um decided to fully commit i'm the type of person that has to fully commit themselves to something to really um, succeeded, I guess. So I quit my job. Um, that was kind of a tough decision because I have a wife, I have a mortgage, I have bills to pay. Um, and I was also a senior vice president at my old firm. So, uh, I felt like at one point I had made it, but definitely wasn't satisfactory, especially in comparison to coding, like writing just a few lines of code was more satisfying than my entire day at my old job. So, um, I quit my job, put in my two weeks and then began a coding bootcamp. I know there are a lot of different routes to becoming a developer. Um, but I chose a bootcamp because for me, since I had, I did not want to keep the financial burden uh, on my wife for too long and I wanted to learn like ASAP. So I chose. Um, a bootcamp that started right away or it started the soonest while I was doing my research, which I kind of regret because I feel like I could have done a lot more research and done it more methodically, but, uh, it worked out. Um, it was harder than it needed to be, but it worked out and, um, glad I did it. So yeah, now I'm working as a full-time, uh, full stack developer and I love it so far. That's awesome.
0: You mentioned, um, you mentioned that you went to college. And you said that you didn't feel like you had a purpose like many other veterans. I think that's what you said. Can you elaborate on that?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so in the military, you're in a very like purpose-driven mission-based environment. Everything you do has a purpose. Even if it seems dumb, like we have a specific way we hold cups, um, when we're eating and, you learn later on that every little tiny thing that seems ridiculous has a purpose. And, um, yeah, that since coming from that environment and then me going to college right away just didn't mix well because I wasn't used to the autonomy and freedom that I received in the civilian world, like coming back. And, um, we, we, this, this happens to a lot of people in the military and this happened to a lot of my friends too. There's just a phase where you, you come back um, from active duty and it, you just don't know what to do. Now, for me, I immediately began going to um, college university and start taking classes because that's sort of what my parents just wanted me to do. As you guys can tell I'm Asian and like, they're really serious about that. But um, for me, I always knew for myself anyway, that I, I liked doing things with my hands or doing things that, I felt like I, um, contributing to something and, um, to my demise, I decided to take a bunch of like weird, uh, random courses at college because I thought it'd be easy, but yes, there were easy courses in theory, um, or the subjects were, but uh, it was very difficult for me to show up and put in the work to succeed in those classes. So, So, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, um, That's really interesting. I didn't know there was a certain way you would hold a cup in the military, but it's... Yeah, it's like this. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So everything has a purpose. And like the emphasis is on you are told that purpose. You don't define it for yourself. And so you're coming out of the the military and you don't really know what to do. Um, I mean, just civilians in general, most people have trouble, uh, I guess, finding that fulfillment finding that purpose in their life that drives them. You, you mentioned this idea of, um, like your college course, you wanted it to be easy. So you took all these easy courses that seemed easy. Um, but I I think you realized what, you know, just a lot of people in general realize the things that are easier, things that you love doing, that you're passionate about that, like, that's going to drive you to get to the finish line. So, um, I mean, that's just advice for anyone, military or civilian going to college. Um, if you can find that purpose, that's when you're going to be successful in college. But, uh, that's yeah, interesting. Definitely. What, I guess I'm kind of curious. I want to dig into this a little bit. Uh, what other frustrations or hurdles did you have to overcome kind of branching into civilian life? And we could even like, I guess even with the, uh, I guess the focus would be finding your purpose, finding out like what you need to do. What, what were some other hurdles?
1: Yeah. So uh, I think everyone's situation when they come back to the civilian world is different. Um, In my particular case, uh, it was the fact that I was still super young. I I think I was like 21 or 22 and um, and going back to the whole purpose thing in school. uh, A lot of the times um, I feel from what I've seen college students, even though they are taking courses, or majoring in something. And that doesn't give them purpose. They still find some purpose in community, um, at their universities to the friends or, um, clubs or whatever it may be. And for me, it, it was just difficult to get that regular college experience, especially because I was a lot older than a lot of the people, um, I was taking classes with. And so that was, I guess one of the hurdles. And then, um, on top of that too, I coming back home, um, I did have the option to just move out right away and be more autonomous and like figure things out on my own. But I thought it was better for me to stay home with my parents at the time and, uh, save money. Um, and it just, the lifestyle change was just too different. Um, especially, I don't know in the the military, you learn how to be yourself and, um, take advantage of your strengths and like know your weaknesses. Uh, but back at home, it's too easy to become comfortable. And then you forget all the, you not forget, but you just put aside all of the things you learned about your, your strengths and weaknesses. And then you, for me, I, I tended to, um, take more advantage of my parents versus take advantage of what I learned in the military. And, um, that proved to be pretty detrimental because I did end up wasting a lot of the money and a lot of the time. Um, And it wasn't until, you know, later on where I had to learn the hard way and just grow up and figure it out Um, because it came to a point where uh, my parents were getting so frustrated that I didn't enjoy going to school or didn't like show up to my classes that um, they told me, you know, either go to school, work hard and deal with it or drop out of school um, and start working and work hard in that so at least you have some direction in life or you could get out of my house um so i i chose to work and uh, i think that was the right decision for me because i learned so much more about myself in my uh, as i started my career um, working as a private investigator and yeah i that, that was uh, that was for me the, internally that was the main hurdle I appreciate you sharing that it feels, I mean, a lot
0: of what you're saying, um, cause I have cousins that were in the military experienced very mm-hmm. similar things. They didn't become software engineers, but like that lack of that lack of purpose and how easy it was to kind of just like let yourself go when you don't have someone telling you what to do. I, I know they experienced that, um, quite a bit. So, Yeah. You know, you so when we were talking before this interview you had mentioned this idea that there's like there's certain things that you could potentially do in the military to prepare yourself um i i mean so actually i want you to correct me if i'm wrong but mm. my my cousins they They were promised that they had all this, all these training opportunities in the military. And Mm. then they said, yeah, you're welcome to do the training, but you still have like a 12 to 16 hour shift. So you got to figure out when to get this training in. That's not like for your main position of like what, whatever you're doing, whatever you're working uh, on in the military. So I... I guess, are there like serious training opportunities in the military? If you are truly interested in tech that you can actually take advantage of?
1: I would say if you're active duty, um, your best bet on getting any technical, uh, training or experience is to actually switch your job completely, your MOS. Um, and the reason for that is kind of like what you said with your cousin, If you're in the military, you're pretty much like on call 24-7 and your normal workday is from like 5 a.m. till 6 p.m. So realistically, even if you did have the time and opportunity, you're going to be so burnt out that it would be... It's kind of impossible to make that time. Um, It's still possible, of course, but it's really difficult. So your best bet if you're active is to just switch jobs. Um, And my suggestion for that would be to try to get into the cybersecurity program that they just stood up. Um, it's a, it's brand new. It's across all military branches. Uh, but the, Mar- I know the army is heading it and um, it's a longer training, um, but it's worth it because I th- I believe you do get like uh, legitimate certifications such as the COM CIA and um, other certs that are relevant, but that's the best way there. Um if you're a veteran or you're about to get out of the military there is a program called the transition assistance program and that is something that's mandatory so you'll do it anyway. Um it's like a mandatory thing they do before you, you know, receive your goodbye letter. And um I went through that and that it's not really a technical program. Um it it's just a program to kind of warm you up into getting back into the civilian world. You know, they teach you how to talk to people. <laughs> normally, um, they teach you, uh, like employment skills you know how to interview, how to write a resume or put it together. Um, and they also go over how you can transfer your military skills over to the civilian side and translate that language. Um, And yeah, that's, that they do help with like some financial planning too, but that's pretty much it. There's no actual like technical specific or job specific training for it. So yeah, if, if you're still in, um, just try to switch MOSs to a more technical role. Um, and that's your best bet full-time. Um, if you're a veteran, there are a lot of other opportunities, um, both through the government and through like private companies, um, one of my favorite ones that I actually still use is called the shift.org. And it's an organization that actually, they actually run cohorts, um, similar to a bootcamp, um, but it, it's more of a community type thing where they help you with uh, job interviews and preparation, um, those types of cohorts versus like technical training. Um, but if you do want like technical training funded by the government, there are, you can use your GI Bill for certain programs for certain schools, um, but that really depends on the state that you live in. Um, and it also depends if that school is accredited and will ha- um, implement that GI Bill program. Um, if not, there is something, another program called uh, Vet Tech, which is really popular right now, um, because what Vet Tech will do is the, if you co- are eligible, the government will fund up to a one year of um, schooling, like a boot camp, um, or even formal education, and they will give you housing assistance money too. So it that I think it's a really good opportunity, but the, a caveat off that is that Vet Tech is uh, a program with finite funds. Um, so if you don't jump on that opportunity as soon as the window opens then it'll probably get filled right away so you got to be really like proactive on uh applying for it that's interesting you know. i never heard about vet tech
0: so yeah, it's a pretty
1: I, cool program
0: yeah it sounds like it um what, so when you were searching for coding boot camps how did you figure out what programs offered the gi bill and which didn't
1: yeah so um what i did was One of the resources that I utilized was Career Karma. I'm sure you've heard of it before. Um, It's just like a community that helps people transition careers from one to another. Um, And they list boot camps and they match you with boot camps. And there are um, several, I think there are several filters, if I remember correctly, that help you look through programs that offer the GI Bill. Um, But your best bet is to uh, do research on different boot camps yourself and then go into their website and look and see if they have that or not. Um, because even if they do have it, you might still not be eligible based upon the state that you live in. It it really depends. Um, it's really weird. So, um, you have to check the, you know, what, will work for you in the state that you're in and based upon whatever boot camp you're in. So it could be a tedious process. You have to take the extra step, but in the end of the day, it's worth it if you're going to do the program. Okay.
0: So you mentioned preparation, you're still in the military, ready to get out. You take, kind of um, a class that helps you prepare for civilian life. It's not technical training, but it, it kind of like integrates you to becoming a civilian again. And you mentioned this idea of uh, different types of fundings that you can take advantage of, um, some government, some private. And do, I, I guess, does the military or there other opportunities, do you, do you find other options to get like job search assistance or anything like that?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, there are, uh, again, government uh, funded job assistance websites, as well as private ones. Um, I think one of the more popular ones is called Hire Our Heroes. And uh, they do a pretty good job of getting obtaining your information. And um, you're able to... It's a whole like platform where you're able to go in and apply directly to these employers that are looking specifically for, um, veterans. Um, and then there are other, I guess, private ones too. Um, and I think the most effective one that I've, that I connected with were the, the groups uh, existent on LinkedIn or other social media platforms. Um, because, you know, you can directly access real people or real recruiters on as long as you get um, accepted into the group. If you're a veteran, you'll, you'll be able to join and then look through. And people post jobs there all the time. Um, and oddly enough, the jobs that have been um, going up on those veteran groups have been all related to tech, which is awesome. So um, yeah, that, that, was, that was one of the main places that I went to. Okay, really cool. Um,
0: yeah, I think people are going to really appreciate those recommendations. So how long did it take you to get a job when you graduated your coding bootcamp?
1: Yeah. To get my full-time job, it took me three months, like on the dot three months. What do you Um, think was
0: like the main thing that made you stand out and get that job?
1: Um, man, that's a really good question. Um, of course, like outside of the military stuff, like I know that it's a advantage that I have, but I really think what made me stand out was um my willingness to just put myself out there. I think LinkedIn is a really powerful tool, and I know that there are like those cringe posts that people talk about nowadays and whatnot, but um, I would say don't be afraid to reach out to people on LinkedIn and don't be afraid to post your projects um, or your website. Cause that is what gets a lot of traction and shows passion with action versus just your words. Um, so one of the things that I did that was the most beneficial in terms of finding a job was I would connect with software engineers on LinkedIn. And then I would actually reach out to them for um, informational interviews or um ask them to review my code or my projects or my resume and obviously most people will probably say no but i did get several responses back and they were super helpful in terms of making my resume attractive and um yeah i i didn't write many cover letters but i did write like personalized messages to um Inmail, using using inmail to reach out to recruiters or or different engineers that worked on different teams, and through that I got like that's where I got the majority of my interviews. So because I applied, I actually kept track. I kept a log, and I applied to um, around two hundred and thirty jobs. And I all the interviews that I did end up getting were through utilizing LinkedIn. um, You know, sending messages. Asking for feedback, um, and yeah, and I'm I'm honestly a pretty introverted guy. Like I don't do that normally, but um, my logic behind it was that it, it has to be worth it, right? If 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 it ends up with me having a job, then it'll be worth it. So um, I'll do it. So, and that that's how I did it and stood out. I mean, that's a good reason to put yourself
0: out there. And I know it probably did feel uncomfortable, especially if you're an introvert. Um, a lot of people are introverts until they realize they're not, or they realize they don't always have to be. Right. Um, but, you know, like you said, it was worth it in the end. And I think that's what a lot of people need to realize. It can be very daunting. It can feel hopeless. It can feel like the effort that you're putting into reaching out and socializing um, is, is it a waste of your time? Should you be coding? Should you be working on projects? Should you be doing this? There, there's so many things you could do to grow as a software engineer. And I think the people that do network and do get their jobs faster that way, it's usually, usually have to do it to realize why it's so important. And it takes, sometimes it takes several messages. You said like several people didn't respond back, but a few did. And that really helped you. Um, And at the end of the day, it's like, how many applications are you putting in? All you need is one application and one offer that you want to accept. Um, So sometimes it is a numbers game, but I'm glad you did put yourself out there. So we also uh, had talked about, even before this interview, uh, kind of like a security clearance. You mentioned there are some advantages to having a security clearance and going into the civilian life. Can you talk about that?
1: Yes. So... In the military, on all branches, uh, certain MOSs, certain jobs in the in the military require a level of clearance for you to do the job because um, that job would, you know, be involved with some kind of sensitive material um, that could only be seen by people that have that clearance. Um, a lot of, since I was in the intel community in the army, uh, all my peers basically had a security clearance. I had a top secret clearance. Most of my peers had top secret clearances. And then there's like different levels too. Like there's just regular secret clearance. There's like top secret SCI. It's like a whole bunch of different clearances available. And um, surprisingly enough, a lot of jobs in the military outside of the intel community also requires security clearances. So if you have one of those, even if you're in a combat job and you have one of those, it's super advantageous to utilize in the private sector because to obtain a security clearance, there has to be a really long, thorough process of making sure you're cleared, making sure the background check is good, um, making sure that you have no connections to foreign nations, or whatever, all, the, all that stuff. That process is really long and really, really expensive. And I know for a fact that there are jobs uh, at government contractors, such as Boeing, um, SpaceX even to a certain degree, um, uh, Northrop Grumman, a lot of jobs like that where a security clearance is required. And from my understanding, from what I've heard from my seniors in the military, it costs approximately between 300K to 800K to obtain a sec- one security clearance per person. Wow. And normally those companies like Boeing or um nasa whoever when they're looking for to hire someone on if they already have a security clearance and they don't have to pay for it to themselves then you're already like golden to them you don't even have to know the job and but you'll already be at the top of the list because you have that clearance um and they're they're willing to train you on the job um because if they try to bring um somebody else on that doesn't have a clearance, then one, they'll have to first hire them and only train them up to a certain point where they could do things that don't require a security clearance. And then they have to wait and spend money until that security clearance comes in. And that process could take like up to two years, even sometimes. So for a lot of these employers, they'll be bringing people on and just sitting around waiting for it to get cleared by the government. Um, and then they're just paying tons of money to this person and they're not doing much at work. So if you're, if you already have one, um, through the military and you could take it over to one of those companies, then you can start working right away. They'll train you on the job and you'll be highly attracted to them. Um, especially in terms of retention too, because the, the military will continue to pay for that clearance versus the company. Um, so yeah. I think if you have a secure clearance, use it to its maximum capacity. I wish I used it a lot more than I did, um, but it, it's a really useful asset to have. Yeah, it sounds like it. That's a, that's a huge advantage. You said like 300000 to 800000 Yeah, per person. Um, it really wow. depends on the level, but it's, it's, yeah, it's really expensive and takes a long, long time. That's huge.
0: Um, well, okay. So I, I feel like we've gone over a lot of good advice um, in how to kind of take advantage of, you know, what you've received from the military, what you can do in the military, what you can do out of it. But you also mentioned that coding, like it, it gets you excited. It gets you, it it feels fulfilling. You you like it a lot more than your previous position. So. What about, I guess, okay, so I'll ask a personal question and then something else. What about coding do you absolutely love? That like like you actually chose to get that position? Because when you talk to me, um, even when you approached me, you were really excited about coding. Um, What about, what am I trying to say? What do you enjoy about coding and... I almost blanked for a second. What do you enjoy about coding? And do you feel like there's any connection with you being in the military and how it kind of like prepared you, even like the habits and the routine that you had to learn? Um, let's talk about all that. Can you expand on that?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I truly believe that people in the military can naturally take their soft skills um, that they obtained and implement them in the tech industry. Um and also hard skills as well. Uh, But one of the main points is like your ability to problem solve and problem solve on the spot. Um, That was something that I did a lot in the military and we had to just figure out solutions to the craziest problems, um, even if it didn't make sense. But um, at the end of the day, it was all of us working together to meet a certain mission or goal. And um, that problem solving skill Kind of directly correlates with problem solving um, when you're developing. Especially if you're, if you're developing on a team too, you know how to. You're able to like work with other people to solve this problem together. Um, and if you're if you're coding alone or working on your own project, um, I think it's still relevant because since you you're most people in the military come out pretty tenacious. They have a certain level of grit, in my opinion, and. Um, m- I think a lot of uh, new developers have a problem with giving up too early. Maybe they give up on a project because they couldn't solve an issue or, or one line of code. Um, but as long as you're able to push through that, you can create like pretty amazing things. Um, and then for me personally, uh, the reason why coding was so enticing and so fun was because uh, of the, of those reasons as well Of you know, being involved with problem solving constantly. But also because in my uh career as a investigator um uh in my career doing financial fraud investigations i moved up so quickly in both companies that i worked for in that industry that um i eventually became an executive right and my career trajectory from senior vice president to anything else was super I, if I felt very boxed in Um, there wasn't much else more to offer in that industry, other than me becoming more of an expert in that subject matter um, and doing my own private consulting or becoming like a C-level executive and staying in that world. Um, It's a pretty niche field too, in finance, especially. So everyone kind of knows everyone and everyone has the same clients. So we're all just fighting for the same um, thing. And I did enjoy it. I, I loved the companies that I worked for. Um, but for my own personal growth and sanity, I, I knew that I liked working on things that had, uh, like unlimited potential for growth or education. Um, I'm, I know I mentioned that I don't like college. I don't like school, but, um, I've always been this way since, uh, elementary school, I was always good at the subjects or enjoy the subjects, um, that I was, uh, into or passionate about that I found uh, practical value out of, um, versus, uh, you know, doing things for the sake of doing things. So, uh, with coding, I learned that if you become a software engineer, you're dedicating yourself to a life of education because it just moves so quickly. And, um, that. That's kind of the main reason why I want, I wanted to, you know, bring myself to it because uh, even as I was learning in the beginning and just um making tiny little projects here and there like a month later something will change and i don't have to change my code base or i have to adjust something in my back end uh to to not break the code or break the project so um yeah that's that's primarily my personal reason why i enjoyed it so much and i love um being a developer
0: okay yeah i think that sounds relatable um And you touched on a key thing. It's unending education. I'm someone that gets bored easily. I'm someone, and I mean, I've I've jumped around a lot, but I I do get bored easily. And I need something to constantly challenge me. And I find myself teetering and and getting distracted if I don't have that. Um, Software engineering um, will definitely give you that. Now, there are are stacks, there are languages where you're only going to, Learn so much. And I I would argue what you can kind of get yourself in a rut and uh, like not just with your job, but your, your current stack with where you're not really growing a lot, you know, the whole code base. And sometimes it just means switching positions that offer new challenges, but you're always going to have that. And then when you do experience a new code base, new problems to solve, you have a lot more to learn. Um, So I can completely understand that. All right. I think I have a sure. good feel for, you know, what got you into it. Um, you gave tons of good advice with all the advantages with it. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add before my last question?
1: Um, Let's see. I think if I was to add one thing before is just mentioning that, you know, as a person that's transitioned careers, if you're trying to look into getting into coding or uh, getting into tech in general, the one thing that I learned is you're really only going to get what you put in. Um, and that goes for my military friends and my civilian friends um, across all industries. And I had the fortune of having a lot of close friends that were already software engineers at like Google and other huge companies. So I had that like advantage that a lot of people don't have, but one thing that they all told me, like uh, this was a theme throughout all of my different friends that don't even know each other that told told me was that you're really only, gonna get what you put into it so i had to i my original thought going into the boot camp was like all right cool like i'm gonna do this boot camp it's gonna be pretty chill i'm gonna get a job right after i'm gonna be able to kill it it wasn't until i was in the middle of my boot camp where i realized like i really need to have some kind of supplemental time outside of my boot camp time to really become successful um because i am no genius Uh, i can't i'm a slow learner um or in terms of coding i was a pretty slow learner so um the way i was able to feel success was by really putting in a ton of extra hours outside of my boot camp and i feel like this will apply to both veterans and non-veterans or anyone um, looking to get into tech uh, just be prepared to um you know have some grit grind it out and have the end goal in mind always and you should be okay yeah, I love that. That's really good
0: advice. And you actually answered my last question. My last question was, oh. what's one final piece of advice uh, that you'd like to share? But um, I think, um, I guess I want to emphasize just one thing there. Um, you mentioned you're a slow learner with coding. Um, so many people feel like that. I feel like So when you get when you meet people at coding boot camps, a lot of people that are probably going to be successful at coding boot camps were very, very smart people to enter it before they entered it in the first place. A lot of people are career transitioners and then they get there. And, you know, they've been able to succeed and, and kind of just like float through things in life so easily. Like you said, you moved up very fast in the military, probably gave you a lot of confidence. And then the coding boot camp in general, it's just a different experience. And you realize you can't force the learning, you can't speed through it. And it's frustrating almost because sometimes just like putting the code down and getting a good night's sleep or giving it a week for it to resonate. Like that's how you get past that moment. Right. Yeah. Um, and you have to, I mean, you have to have grit and patience to even get through something like that. So um, yeah, I don't, this is all really good advice. Uh, Sean, I really appreciate sure. you coming on. Um, so before I forget, if, if people want to reach out to you, Um, especially like any veterans that might be struggling right now to get an attack, uh, find a job, where could they reach you?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, um, again, Don, thanks for having me. Um, anyone can feel free to reach out to me on through LinkedIn, or I also have a a podcast where I talk about like nerdy techie stuff, like Linux and whatnot, but um, you can go ahead and check that out. But yeah, please feel free. If you have any questions, especially if you're a veteran and you need help or some guidance to get on the right path, just hit me up on LinkedIn or you could DM me on Instagram. If you go to my website, just seangill.com um, on the contact section, you'll be able to find all that stuff. So pretty simple. But I have a, I really love helping people and especially veterans, um, get into tech. It's super exciting to me. I feel like tech, uh, is never ending and it's going to play an obvious huge part in our future. And the more like good developers that we have in this world, uh, the better society can be. I truly believe that. So it's super corny and cheesy, but I really think it's true. So, um, if you have, if you want to talk, just hit me up anyway and I love it. What's your podcast name, by the way? Oh, yeah. Uh, My podcast name is called Goom Podcast. It's like G-G-O-O-M. And Goom means dream in Korean. Um, And I named it Goom Podcast or Dream Podcast because I thought of that podcast idea when um, I was really unsettled about my previous job. And I was like, Oh, what does the American dream even mean? Like what, um, do, what can people do to like achieve their dream or how does dream, how do dreams change for people as they grow older or mature? Um, so that was the original thought, but I just kept the name and it's become like a tech discussion or life career development type discussion place. So, yeah,
0: I like it. Okay. Well check out his podcast Uh, if you haven't come across it already, I, Definitely, I don't think I've heard of it, so I'm going to check that out as well. But, um, yeah, seriously, Sean, this is super helpful. Uh, I feel like I learned a lot, and, yeah, I appreciate you even just, like, reaching out to me. Not, You'd be surprised. Um, a lot of people don't take the initiative to, to reach out to me, or they'll send me, like, a really, really simple, basic message. I don't even know what they want. But, like, you, yeah. you took time. Like, you obviously are passionate about helping uh, veterans and that want to just not just become developers, but get into tech in general. So, Yeah, thanks for coming out. Yeah, thanks
1: for having me. Really appreciate it.